What up? Rough week, man. Wow. Where do we begin? Unbelievable. Shocking. Well, let's start with let's start with Beth Tiffany. Rest in peace. Mm. Got a phone call yesterday. Are we live? Yeah, we're live. All right. Got a phone call yesterday out of the blue. Said, come over to the Lantern. Like, why? Beth passed away. We're having a little celebration. <laughs> I think I got that same phone call and was, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And, Man, uh, the 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 legacy. The where do you begin? I mean, it starts with uh, Trisha Sweet did a nice video about Beth. I, I I don't know what to say because I'm I can't even believe we're here celebrating the life of Beth Tiffany Neville. She is amazing, an amazing friend, an amazing wife, an amazing sister-in-law. Human. Human. Yeah. I think we've all had like experiences and like our life with her has always been amazing and we just wanted to thank you all for being here. She, God bless. God bless. God bless. Here. Here. That was nice. That was nice of Trisha. You know, but the the lantern you know, it's it's like an old friend. You know, you talk smack on it, you you praise it. You know, but it's 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 always it's always there for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, always there. Yep, it's always there. And the, the Don Junior. Everybody's named Don. They're all named Don. Don uh, Junior was what a Deerfield cop. Bought it in seventy five, I think. And instead of he. I think he was going to get a bigger job in Gurney as a cop, and he turned it down because he wanted to do, do the bar. Right. Bar business is not easy. <laughs> um, Especially nowadays. Any day. <laughs> it was a little easier back in the day. <laughs> you don't have all this computer crap you have to know and learn and all that, but, yeah, never an easy task. You have to have a passion for it. Yeah, so so Beth took it on, and uh, I believe the mother is still around, Irene, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I I haven't met. I just I I went saw everybody, and it was uh, it was upbeat. It was a you know so, you know celebration. Probably everybody was still in shock, and yeah. uh, I talked to Ed Neville, Beth's husband, and he's going to work. On you know continuing the the tradition and uh, and and Costa Costa you help out Ed man um, and I said you know in a month or two when you really need to help you can always drop a dime and I'll go in there and give you give you right. my two cents on, on <laughs> what to do yeah they got a long long road ahead I mean it's uh... You know, the lantern lantern is, you know, a landmark there in Lake Forest. I mean, it's not just when Don bought it, but it was there prior to that, several different owners, and um, you know, Don ran it and ran a tight ship. I worked 
for Don for about a year and a half when it was just beer and wine. But, um, you know, it was packed every night. And, you know, it was the place to go. It was the, you know, truly the best burgers in town. And, you know, that's where everyone went. That that was where, you know, you went to catch up on the day, to catch up on the week, to catch up, you know. Well, Shoot, I remember when I was working there, I mean, the <laughs> one of the biggest things that I remember work, slinging beers there was watching the OJ deal. I, I don't know why that keeps kicking in my head every time, but that was, I remember that was just, you know, no one was even drinking. They were just staring, staring at, the, at the TV, staring at the idiot box, watching a car drive down a highway. You know, it was just, and it was packed. Yeah. You know, and we had some great, you know, Don so sponsored some great softball teams, great sports teams that, that went there. We, I, I mean, just the best of times there at the landing with the people there. I mean, it's, it's a little different now. There's not as many, um, um, old guys, so to speak. Yeah. You know, well, there's a bunch this, of old guys this, there last well, night. Well, yeah, I know. Not, you, you know, you, <laughs> let me, let me clarify that. There's yeah. not, uh, this town is a very transient town now. Yeah. Um, the lantern was the, spot the, and the water that was, hole the uh, that, that was, was where the, the internet you know, winter spring summer fall that's where the gathering was and whether it was a softball game a volleyball game or whatever it was it was there that people went to and you know it was just a you know a great place it still is but yeah it's just a little different now I mean, and, truly public house. Yeah. I mean, it's, and really you, you would catch up on what's going on and in town, about town, outside of town, everything. And yeah, again, it's different with the internet and all that, but um, it's well, that managed. Was the, to, that was the internet. That's yeah. how you knew what was going on. Right. Yep. And it, and it managed to, for years, um, you know, it was beer and wine. There's no hard booze there. And Lake Forest had an ordinance, ordinance that bars can't, you know, technically, it's beer and wine. And um, when they got the booze in there, yeah, I mean, it's that, I mean, it was great. But, you well, know, the ironic thing is it was more packed during the beer and wine days than the days when full booze. Wasn't it smaller? Didn't they expand to the paint shop? Well, they, they had, yeah, they had, um, you know, the middle, the middle um, part of the restaurant used to be Stan Bonks, Barber, the Barber Inn, and um, that's where I got my first haircut. Stan put a freaking bowl on my head, and they cut around it. Um, yeah, they expanded there, and then further in the bigger area was the. Um, you know, the, the paint shop, well, part of the paint shop and, uh, you know, major part of the paint shop is, is now in as, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, and then they, then they expanded and, you know, best office was the men's urinal. <laughs> that's that's I heard that. Yeah. You used to go down to the, 
basement, the men, you know, right above the uh, naked women, woman puzzle that not too many see. But if you're <laughs> staring out from the kitchen, out towards the street, you can see that. And that thing's been there for probably 30, oh, 40 years. Oh, I noticed it. <laughs> and But that was right there was the door down to the bath, men's bathroom. Oh, wow. And and the kegs and all that stuff. I remember working there hauling up freaking kegs up a steep incline of stairs. It's like, you got to be kidding. But, um, bump, bump. you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, Beth, you know, she was, she helped dad out. And, you know, she, you know, her brother, Tiff, who's probably in town now. I mean, he really ran it helped Don run it and all that. And he went out to California to pursue acting and all this other stuff. So that's what Beth, Beth kind of took it over after Irene was getting sick and couldn't run it anymore. And um, yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know, you know, I hope they keep it going. I hope, you know, Ed can do it, but you know, he, he's got another full-time job. So, yeah. I know. mean, you, <laughs> I don't know what's hard. And, and I know Costa has, you know, this this is not his full time job. So, right, right. You know, a lot of the guys working there are not are not. They're doing other things. I mean, they're right. kind of like you know a lot of Don's employees for over the years and all that. They weren't full time there. They were doing other stuff and you know come in kind of like I did. I worked during the day and then slung beers and made some cash and you know. So hopefully it keeps going. You know. Like I said, I'll be telling Ed same thing. I'll come in and sling stuff if he needs help and all that. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's a tough business. It's and you know it's uh, you know right on the on the heels of all these other new places opening up. It's tough. So it's a shame. So, I mean, I I still am just doing the game last night. I kept thinking like, what the hell? I mean, <laughs> you know, life's short. Life, life is short, man. And uh, get wow. up off your ass and do stuff. Make a difference. Do stuff. Man. Yeah, do stuff. <laughs> I mean, do a podcast. Yeah, and stop bitching and moaning about everything. <laughs> I mean, that's bitching, bitching, bitching and moaning. I mean, <laughs> bitching and moaning because you're not doing anything. Yeah. That's uh, you know, but God, I mean, I you know, I was at a free a funeral on Monday. And then this yesterday, it's just, yeah, you know, and I knew she was, she wasn't well, yeah, you know, the last few months or so, but, um, you know, she was bouncing in and out of the hospital for different things. And I sit and I kind of, I was telling Pam that, you know, I can't imagine not why that's just, I don't know, it's weird and you can cut it out and all that, but I just was thinking, man, I mean, Ed woke up with his wife there. And then he's going to bed last night with her gone. Not there. And that's kind of the thing I was trying to I'm like, I can't I can't fathom that. What I would do if that happened to me. I hope it doesn't, but you know, unfortunately we all you know <laughs> we're all gonna see the same end, but Yeah. But it is. You sit there and you think about it, and it's like, you know, I guess what have I done? You know, I don't. I don't want to. Why haven't I done exactly? And it's hard to. How do you phrase that? But it's yeah. 
but she is a good good person. I mean, it's just well, it's the okay. business going without any experience doing it, yeah. and you know, it's. Well, that's why I was asking Ed. I mean, because Beth was was very private. You know, mm-hmm. she would never come on the show. She's like, ah, you know, and uh. <laughs> like didn't didn't like to talk about herself much. And uh, that's right. why, you know, I feel funny talking about her. And shoot, I've only known her four years, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I because the lantern in that spot, it's it's in a perfect spot where. To me, that was the newcomers club. All right. I just moved in. Let me All see right. if I can find some peeps. Go in there, buy a couple rounds, and then uh met her. She didn't start to think, hey, I'm the owner or anything like that. Just, you know. Right. Um and that's how you really didn't um you know, for me, the lantern was where I met friends that I, you know. And acquaintances and all that, where you didn't, you don't know who they are or what they do. And I always, I remember a, a good friend who has since passed a few years ago. But um, I was uh, came in the the bar. I mean, this was years ago, and just he was sitting there having a drink. And uh, I don't know, I was there for something or whatever, having a beer. Sat down next to him, and he introduced himself. He goes, "I just moved into town." And I said, oh, really? We started chatting and all this. And then um, I said, oh, where'd you move from? And he said, uh, you know, I moved from Gurney. I said, oh, I know someone up there. But you, probably, you know, Gurney's big. You're not going to know anybody. And I said the name. He goes, that was my freaking neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I grew up with him. And then we started talking and all this. And uh, ironically, he said, uh, you're school. Told me to look you up, <laughs> you know, if I ever, you know, and I, but, and we became really good friends in a sad story, but he died, ended up dying, but you know, he, he, um, but it is, that's, that's how I look at the lantern is like, you can walk in there not knowing anyone, yeah, have a seat and start talking. And I don't think you can do that in a lot of bars and all that. I mean, you can, but not as welcoming as at least I think the lantern is where, you know, well, it's also like the old school Chicago taverns, you know, yeah, it wasn't set up the best way. Nothing, you know, wasn't perfect, but the basics were done. Well, real good burger, beer and people. I got, I got it. Yeah. And I got to tell you the burger, let me tell you, I mean, it's not anywhere near, before even you got in town. Yeah. You literally, and I'm, I'm, and I've had some really good burgers, but yeah. you sit down and, you know, you say, I want to order a burger. And you are now the Tiffany burger. I mean, these used to be big burgers. I mean, yeah. you would probably have one and a half Interesting. You know, and just go, I mean, they were big and the yeah. juice, but it was, you know, Someone would have and go, holy crap, was that good? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I always I always equate when they say the, the best burger in town to the Elf movie when uh, Will Ferrell goes into the coffee shop, the greatest coffee shop. Or yeah. goes, have a cup of it. Isn't it? It's the greatest. Congratulations. But the burger yeah. was wow. I mean, 
from the bun, everything. It was just, uh, you know, and the big burgers they had on rye bread, you know. Yeah. So it was just because, but yeah, I mean, it was just, God, you could go back and, you know, it, nothing fancy about it either. And it was. Well, when Don Jr. was there, let's see, 75. So 10 years later, the Bears won the Super Bowl. Hartenstein would go in there and then you'd have those. Well, I mean, the, the Bears, yeah, that was back then. I mean, when Don. Yeah. Well, I said when you say Don Jr., I say Tiff. That's his son. But Don, when he ran it, I mean that it was a. Um, it oh, was hold a, on, hold on, hold on. Tiff, he's the one that's the actor, right? He was in Ocean's yeah. Twenty Two, the painter. Okay. Yeah. Just found he, that he out. He was Don Jr., but um, okay. I mean, I'm sure technically the Don's, third. Yeah, but um, no, when the Bears were playing, that was. I mean, you gotta understand. I mean, the Bears played their facility. Was not where it was today. It was at the college. Yeah, that's why they call it Alice Hall. And these guys would come in all the time. They were the locals coming <laughs> in there, and it was—I mean—you'd walk in there, and there's three or four bears there. But it was—it was one of those things. And I think this is why it's—it's it's kind of the lantern. I think is unique is because there are so many people in this town that are. I don't want to say famous, but wealthy and well-known and whatever profession they're in. Um, and they go in there. People don't know who you are. Just like the Bears. They're, people weren't running up to the Bears, Jim McMahon or whoever, yeah. at, standing in line for autographs. Everyone just left everyone alone. And it was just like, you know, you had this camaraderie and all that, that you just, and you knew not to overindulge these people. And they, the Players respected it, but they can't. It was literally the Bears' hangout, and um, you know the big man, Mike Hartenstein. Um, you know he worked there for years afterwards, and what? he's a oh yeah, he was a staple there. And uh, wait, worked uh, there or went there? Both. He worked there. Yeah, the big man. Wow. And um, you can, I think you can find uh, the big man at uh, frequenting Donnelly's now. But um, yeah, it was the place to be. I mean, it was, uh, you know, back in the day when there was happy hours, it was great happy hours. And, you know, it was, it was fun to go in and, you know, but you could meet, just run into anybody. I mean, when Ordinary People was being filmed, you know. Yeah. It, it just... You didn't know it was a who's who kind of, but you really didn't know. You'd be having a bar, sitting at the bar, having a drink, and you look down the way and like, wait, is that Robert Redford or whatever? But no one ran up to him. Yeah. If it was, you know, great. So it just, you know, and and Don ran a tight ship. God, it was, he used to yell at me, he used to yell at me, you know. Go. This much foam on the glasses. Too much. <laughs> Here you go. Salt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was it was fun working there, and um, you know, hopefully it's not the end. I don't think it will be, but you know, it's it's tough when a family turns over. You know the business. Yeah. Well. Adrenaline will keep you going for so long, but it is a grind, man. It, oh. 
it is i call it blood money because you really and thank god you, you can't smoke in there anymore oh i'm telling you it well you make a good point it was smoking in there holy crap i remember walking out of there when you had a freaking greasy big burger and then you had the smoke all over i mean it was <laughs> but there's no separation restaurant yeah. and right right the original lantern without the middle and the the other part of the restaurant in the restaurant you'd go walk all the way back you know where the kitchen is when you walk where the bathrooms are now yeah. You take left there, and there's probably a little alcove there of like six or seven tables. Right. Little 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 circular tables of four. Yeah. I mean, you, there was not a lot of room in there, and uh, so you you couldn't remove yourself to the dining room to avoid the smoke. It was, <laughs> and I'm telling you, wow, the people that would smoke in there, it was just like holy crap. I just remember doing a shift for eight hours and just coming out. Throw the clothes away. It, well, you know, in your twenties, you don't throw anything away. Oh, I, <laughs> You're like, are you kidding me? I just had lantern clothes when I was working there. Just, <laughs> just hang it back up and wear it again. I mean, it's you smell like a smoker. It's like you come out yellow, right? Fingers and it's like, God, why? Why do I have this gravelly voice? That's secondary smoke. <laughs> oh man don't remind but, me yeah but i i remember i just i i mean i do kind of now look back and cherish kind of the the conversations beth and i always had you know being down there yeah you know below them i'd always you know run into her we'd be chatting about different stuff but um well for the people that don't know you got you have your insurance business in, in, the, right. in the basement but you used to have it upstairs they told me no, I never was upstairs. You're, you're was, always downstairs? Okay. I was downstairs, and uh, yeah, there's, uh, I always got, uh, you know, his, their their storage backs up to my office, so yeah, the keg room and everything, so it's kind of, you know, kind of funny, because I would have to, during the winter, you know, they'd have in the, the um, liquor room, caged off and all that, but my furnace to my office was in the, in the thing the yeah. cage there on their side so every once in a while I'll be like freezing and I'm like what the hell and yeah walk upstairs hey Beth can I get the key I think uh, one of your guys when they're putting boxes down there hit my switch sure enough go down there she goes just take the key go down there yep my furnace is off they the box hit the switch and you know so it's yeah. really long stick <laughs> uh funny that you mentioned that because the first time it happened my exit door in my middle office my fire escape thing goes back into their area and it, right as you open up the door the cage is there and my furnace switch is on the other side of the cage so before i ever went to beth yeah i'm like oh there it is and i just couldn't get my fingers through the chain link I did get my broom and get there, and I was like flipping it, trying to turn it on. You tried to escape. Finally, I just said, screw it, and then walked upstairs, and hey, Beth, she goes, just take the key. It's right here when you... <laughs> now, did, but, did, uh, did, do you see any trains down there? How did the trains start there, number one? 
So um, years ago with Don, he, um, you know, he got the train thing set up, the tracks, and he went to local businesses and he basically said, you know what, if you, you want to run a train, that's great. You got to buy it, one. And then number two, you have to, in order to get your train running up on the tracks, you got to make a, uh, at the time it was like a $300 donation to the Boy Scouts. And um, when he did that, I was, I was, uh, had my other business at the time. So I got my train and bought the train and that sits in my office now. And it's nice that you have one paid them the, uh, you know, the, uh, what do they call it in the mafia? The vig, vig, <laughs> the vig, <laughs> and got my train running up there until uh, then it would get it got sidelined, and I kind of realized I'm like, hmm, maybe the vig wasn't as much as I thought it was because now other trains are running and mine's not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it eventually disappeared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well for all the d bags out there that ripped off the trains, could we have them back? Yeah, that's especially that's, the neuro noodle. But yeah, that's that's uh that's oh you you had a train that got ripped off? I I don't think it was I think it just I I paid the 2 hundo for it and Wait. I bought <laughs> 200 Two bucks. Oh, oh, that wasn't the vig. The no, the that train. was just yeah, yeah. the train no, I know. Yeah, place yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. uh Vernon Hills or whatever it is. Sure. And uh I said, all right, I can't wait to see it running up there. Never saw it. Poof. That's <laughs> fun. Now they when Beth took it over, when Don died and then Beth took it over, um I remember she came. <laughs> I go, Beth, I'm out. She goes, Well, I got this. So there's a train guy. I don't know if he's still alive in Highland Park specializes in model trains and all this stuff. And I know all this stuff because my son is like, right. Mr. right. Train. Yeah. So she hired him. Somehow he swindled her to hire him and he was going to take care of the tracks. And it was pretty big when they first started doing it. I mean, to get a train with your business on it was, so this guy in Highland park somehow worked out with Beth that, you know, I'll come in and maintain the tracks and maintain the trains and all this. And she said, you know, Skew, hey, it's going to be a thousand bucks. I'm like, what? I was paying your old man like 300 bucks to run. And I bought the train. You know, this guy's going to maintain your trains and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm out. Shit. I'm out. That guy, you know. Yeah. That's what the guy who was. that's the guy who I bought the train from. It just Oh, was it? Yeah. Well, that, that's probably why, you, yeah, because you had to get your trains for him. So that, that makes sense, yeah. And yeah. I was like, dude, I'm out. No way. I mean, and then my train went missing, went off the track somewhere. And then uh, Donnie found it down in the basement one day. And Okay. Oh, here it is. <laughs> Might have to take a look around in that basement. Yeah, there's, yeah, I don't know if you want to do that. <laughs> oh, well, first off, you won't fit down there. It cannot be in that's a that's a hundred year old building, Pete. Yeah. Not really a ba it's a basement, but you would not be able to get down there. We could, but you'd be like my friend, quick, quick tangent story, having worked at the Cubby Bear in the basement, same type of situation where you have sewer backups. So you'd be sloshing through sewer water, 
You have sewer pipes hanging from the ceiling that you would clock your head. Chuck Berry clocked his head on the sewer pipe at the Cubby Bear. I saw it. <laughs> so, yes, I understand. I understand. So, and I don't want to go down there because my back is not as flexible. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you, you'd you get down there, but you'd be really hunched over and be like, what the hell? You need probably have flashbacks where we'd have to call the uh, paramedics or something. Man down. Man down. Well, pour one out for Beth, Tiffany, Ed, Kathleen, uh, the brothers and sisters. Uh, Many, and it's crazy, that family lineage, the Martins yeah. and all that. I mean, it's it's like the Italians in Lake Forest when they crossed over into the Irish. Yeah. The Italian tree was pretty large in, in this town and all that, but then when they crossed over into the Irish part of the town, yeah. it's, you know talk about uh family histories this one is uh a prevalent one in town i mean and it, it's one of those where you're like wait a minute the tiffany's were part of this family and part of that family wait a minute how did that oh yeah they you know but, but uh interesting thing kind of spooky thing uh, ed was telling me ed's sister was telling me um yesterday that um yesterday was a 15 year anniversary of don's death who had a heart attack whoa same day whoa so it's sad i mean go in there you know raise a glass like you said i mean well they're gonna do uh i believe it's something at when when bam later later in the week or next week or something i don't know once we you know, we we put a picture up of everybody with thumbs up, you know, last night. And uh, so to the Tiffany family and Neville family, uh, the Martin family, you guys, <laughs> and uh, see you at the see you at the wake or whatever you guys do. And see you at the lantern. And see you at the lantern, and then uh, show up, show up. Oh, they will. Like I said, that family is deep-rooted and so, so it's, it's sad so speaking of sad skew uh well not really sad but the uh block the box the 361 westminster westminster <laughs> what a ton I think, of a I, I think they are, i think even though they weren't listening they heard me bitch about it the other day oh yeah now, one person it. said westminster <laughs> well and I, that... did, I did do my fact check pete i, pete, I did uh, go to the right outside my office and looked at the uh street sign just to make sure yeah <laughs> i wasn't wrong <laughs> so i did my own fact checking so we put up the vote six two four and some interesting things were going on there so so skew the uh the vote what i watched the whole thing <laughs> i uh i didn't watch the whole thing because i had a basketball game to do yeah. and, um it was getting done towards the end of the game and i yeah. texted my wife i said how did it turn out <laughs> and i got home i'm like are you kidding me and Oh, it was going past 10 o'clock. 
she's like, this guy has been talking for at least two hours and not making any sense. And I looked at the TV, and sure enough. Bushman? Ray, Ray Bushman. What? What a disgrace. Everything about the council and all that. I mean, that guy, you know, was the reason why, one of the reasons why the lawsuit occurred because of the shenanigans that were pulled behind the scenes that not a lot of people know about, but yeah, it is what it is. And to try to sit there and justify. Yeah. And well, you know, and then call out people. Jed. And then Eric got pissed. That was amazing. Asked about it. Mayor, I have to object to this. Uh, this is an improper discussion. Um, considering this is, is an incredibly undiplomatic thing to do. And it's ca it's calling into question Alderman Morris's ethics. We I have said no such thing. Please allow me to finish my objection, Ray. I've been very patient listening to you. Mayor, this is not the topic for discussion tonight. We need to focus in on the specifically the, 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 the two item uh, agendas that are agenda items in front of us tonight. And I won't listen to Alderman Bushman accuse Alderman Morris of being unethical. As a matter of fact, I would I would move for a two-thirds vote on this and ask Alderman Bushman to cease those type those types of discussions. I'd like to point out that in our prior discussion of the settlement agreement, Alderman Morris voted and Alderman Bushman raised no objection. Can I comment? And Alderman Morris. May, may I respond? No, I'd like Alderman Morris to speak for himself. Well, I, I appreciate your comments. Um, when I originally recused myself, we were actively engaged in the construction of the 705 building in the interest of transparency and not creating any sense of collusion. I abstained. That construction is well done now. Um, we're now neighbors like everybody else. Um, I'm a resident. There is no relationship to the Altoonian development or their business. So I'm out of that. Can I ask you? I mean, this guy, you know, obviously you can tell he's his term is done. Um, <laughs> he don't care. Which it is. And he doesn't care. And you know what? But this is the whole thing. I mean, it's not a it's it's people nowadays, if they don't get their way. It's just how can I go about manipulating the process to get my way? And, you know. You know, all these people screaming and hollering, it's the end of the HPC and the end of the world if this gets, you know, denied or upheld, I should say. Yeah. They're wrong. They're, they're, they're short-sighted. They don't understand how the city operates. And there's been numerous times city councils in the past have overturned a commission or board's decisioning because of their looking at the overall picture of for the city and it's just and to have an alderman sit there and and on top of it you know other aldermen now i'm, I'm going to give novit a pass because she's brand new and you know i know that's her ward and she's got to protect her ward but um interesting how the alderman that voted against it the first time yeah, just the justification was, um, you know, Melanie clearly pointed it out that, you know, this isn't about, and she tried to slip in some more litig, you know, yeah, 
changes, which weren't going to happen. But, you know, she was correct. This is about no one wins. And this is about getting out of this thing and the, the best way possible. And, you know, look at it, it, it. This wasn't a this was see, this is the discussion that so many people are so short sighted and don't understand about this whole process since 2016. And the lawsuit was if you're against this revisions and this kind of you know agreement like this is how we're going to change stuff to you you know if if you're against it that means you're you're throwing it back to the court which the court could come back and say hey listen the original three-story building was approved and that's what could be put there if you really want to do this and, and pay these bills and pay these bills so all the screaming and hollering no one understood why we were there in the first place wasn't no smart it, it, you know it just the right way was done well what i don't a couple of things i'm scratching my head on Mel, melody rummel she was in the beginning part of this mess that right and she seemed to have changed her tune on a dime right any ideas why um, well, I, you know, again, I'm going to go back to what I've always stood on is I think the people that are put in these positions, you know, are there for a reason and they're had good intentions originally and all that. Yeah. But, um, somehow when they get into this power seat, which I, you know, I kind of shake my head when I say power seat, but. You know, they lose track of what they're there for. And as an alderman, you're there to um, take the city forward, keeping in mind the past, as well as what's best for the city, not for the wards, not for but what's best for the city. And sometimes I think these people listen to the screamers yeah, as opposed to, and I think Melanie, you know, Got to that point, but I, I also think she she wanted, you know, I'm not going to get off this, is, you know, her ultimate goal was mayor. And I I don't think... I, Everybody's I looking say, at Prue Beidler, but I think Melanie's going to be sneaking up in the... Yeah, I mean, I think that's her intent and her intent the whole way. She had some bad intentions, but at the end of the day, I think she's a smart enough woman that she kind of read the tea leaves, and whether it's I'm not going to be mayor or, you know, I do have to look at what's best for the city aside from what I want. And, yeah. you know, I think she made the right decision and she articulated it well. And um, I give her, you know, kudos for that because she could have, you yeah. know, doubled down like Ray did. And let's be honest, that wasn't good. I mean, I mean that was that was I ugly. mean and Melanie's exiting too. So I mean this is her last hurrah. Yeah. And you know, to look at it from a third party looking at it, I think Melanie walks off the council personally, I think, better because of this than Ray does. Because Ray looked like, you know, <laughs> goofy. Well and and you know, non-articulate. For a lawyer. For a lawyer, yeah. And I mean, we, we sound better than he did. Yeah, I mean, it just, and belaboring the point. And he, he used his lawyer and legalese 
to beg and plead for his side of it, as opposed to looking at what's best for the community. Well, the what the city lawyer, I forget. And it was embarrassing. Yeah. Well, the city lawyer said, hey, man, I already told you that <laughs> Jed doesn't have to recuse himself right. from anything. He's a neighbor. Right. Uh, and I thought that. But Eric. Jed should, Jed should never have recused himself in the first place. He didn't have any ties except for the fact that he bought a yeah. condo there. And here's my thing. If, if that was really true that Jed should have, he made a mistake by recusing himself. Yeah. But here's my other thing is, you know, then everyone should be recusing themselves <laughs> because we live here. <laughs> well, I thought George, Mayor George Pendeleon, I thought he did a, a good job with that statement that he read. I'd like to I'd like to frame this maybe a bit differently than the way it's been framed tonight, because I don't think people fully understand the situation that the city is in here. Uh, this council is faced with what is essentially a binary choice. We can lock in the plan with the single family home on Westminster by accepting the plan commission's recommendation and granting the developer's appeal of the HBC decision or reject the revised plan and re-engage in what may be lengthy and risky litigation involving uncertainty, additional legal costs, possible damage claims by the developer, and ultimately a larger condominium building fronting on Westminster. If the revised plan is rejected, that city's contractual obligations remain with respect to the purchase and sale agreement. The PSA is a contract entered into by a previous city council based on their desire to change this area from office use to residential use. This city council is bound by the terms of that agreement regardless of the decision tonight. I firmly believe that development decisions should be made at the local level, not by the courts. And I fully recognize that there is rarely unanimous agreement in the community about these types of decisions. Despite that, I'm confident that we are in a better position to make these decisions for our community than anyone in Waukegan. As I've listened to the discussions that occurred at the commission levels, it appears that there is general agreement that a single family house on Westminster is responsive to many of the concerns heard earlier in the process. The single family home is consistent with the streetscape and will help to shield views of the two-story condominium uh, to the south. In addition, burying the overhead utility wires and removing the utility poles from the Westminster streetscape is an added benefit to the neighbors in the area. The plan before us is not perfect, but it is responsive to many of the concerns raised, and in my opinion, it is a better plan. The Council is presented with opposing decisions from the Plan Commission and the Historic Preservation Commission. Logic dictates that one of these decisions must be reversed. Each of those bodies holds, follows very narrow purviews. I commend both bodies for doing their jobs diligently. It's not an easy task, and I know the members of these commissions put in long hours and agonized over their decisions. The Council's purview and charge is much broader than that of any individual Board or Commission. Council, council action does not diminish the role or authority of a border commission, but instead makes clear the broader role that the council must play to preserve and protect all of the interests of the community. The council's decision tonight applies to this development and only to this development. Going forward, the boards and commissions will continue to be charged with reviewing each individual petition based on its own merits and on its own unique set of circumstances. 
In October, when the City Council approved the settlement agreement in a 7-to-1 vote, that signaled to me a willingness to compromise and move this project forward in the best possible way. I believe that we have a plan in front of us that allows us to do that. This plan is a better plan. Tonight we have it in our grasp to guarantee a much improved development for this site, while at the same time eliminating the risk of a less desirable plan being imposed upon the city and possible monetary damage claims by the developer. I urge the City Council to follow through on the settlement agreement that it recently entered into by accepting the recommendation of the Planning Commission to amend the special use permit and grant modified zoning approvals and to overturn the decision of the Historic Preservation Commission and grant a certificate of appropriateness. Thank you. And he, right. he put it out there clear. It's an objective thing, man. Right. If This is a settlement. Right. <laughs> this, this isn't a re- doing yeah. like here's another petition let's not a negotiation it's a settlement you know <laughs> so i give him kudos for that that's probably the best video he did he gets a lot of flack for those covid videos but that was a good uh no george george and i think you know it was well constructed because i think i think they um george i should say knew what was coming and mm. instead of being behind the eight ball he got in front of it and yeah you know, shut. The only thing I, I you know, I, I don't, and I, this is just the thing that just gets in my craw that no one wants to, and any border commission is when the public testifies, there's a reason you have three minutes or five minutes. Wah, shut, your, shut your pie hole after three. If you can't put together a presentation and stare in the mirror for three minutes and articulate what you want, then don't go up there. But you know, the city's got to figure somehow to shut that microphone off at three minutes because yeah. it's just, it's embarrassing because, you know, you're trying to make a point uh, about something. And if you can't stay within the guidelines, to yeah. me, that's just, oh, one more thing. Well, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> you're done. It was Susan, so I don't know. Like I said, Susan, I was there, Susan so. Athenson, mm -hmm. HPC president. No, she's not the HPC president. She's the, Preservation Foundation or Historic Foundation president. Two different things. Okay. So what's two the, different entities? Okay. What's the difference between the two then? Uh the the foundation is I, I don't know what they do besides they they have nothing to do with the yeah. HPC. They okay. think they do, but they're okay. They they voice their opinions and they'll put up plaques around town and all that and give out awards, but they're I mean So it wanna be. Well, not with Susie because she was she she served on all her boards and commissions and all that. But okay. um, no, that's a separate entity, and they right. can they can um, speak on how they agree with that. Yeah, but they're not there to influence or anything. They're a foundation. Like, well, they kept going back and forth, and the main issue is precedent. You're going to set a precedent. You're going to each individual property is an individual occurrence at. And everybody was tying on to that. You know? Here, here's the precedent that they brought up. So by overturning the city council, overturning the HPC's decision, tell me where that's precedent. Um, I do remember the uh, city overturning the car wash slash gas station out in Westlake Forest. Um, I would disagree with that because I think there should be a gas station. There used to be. And why not, you know, instead of a vacant lot there. Yeah. But 
they overturned the, uh, I think it was the uh, plan commission. There's no precedent. This is not setting precedent because it's been done before. It's just people don't want this to happen and don't want this to happen in their neighborhood. And it's like, um, things do happen and it's just, and you know, yes, the, the, the condos on McKinley aren't in the same historic district as the house or the new condo. It's on the it's border. Like, but it's cutting hairs because the whole town is in historic preservation, so to speak. It's just a matter of zoning, which. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> so, so, and then you had these neighbors, I thought. They had neighbors who hired attorneys to go up there to speak on behalf of them. What is that? I don't know who the one attorney was. It was saying that he built a Kalahari or a Calamari or something. And, you know, he does all these parks, uh, yeah. resorts and all that stuff. And I'm and he's going to do whatever he can. I'm like, dude, dude, I am not an attorney or anything, but. If you're if there's going to be countersuits and all this stuff, well, that isn't that a lot of money to dole out to. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I and I guess I get back, Pete, to my whole thing about this town is, and I'll use the Canal Center, Automotive Center that used to be there where uh, Sophia's is now. That was gigantic. And that's my neighborhood was screaming and hollering how putting a restaurant here is going to, you know, it's the the town is not going to be Lake Forest anymore. It's going to be our historic, you know, it's just going to be nothing but, yeah. you know, you know, as they say, when it comes to historic preservation, it's always the answer is we're going to become Highland Park. <laughs> and um, last I checked. Or the several restaurants that have been there, three restaurants that have been there, the neighboring people and some yeah. of the people that are screaming today on the block the box thing, screamed about this. I would go into these restaurants and see them there enjoying the the you know enjoying the ambiance in the restaurant. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I you, thought you didn't like this. You were screaming bloody murder about this and how this was going to ruin the town. Oh, but can I have? Uh, yeah, I'll have another one. Yeah, but at least you know I'm I'm blowing smoke to these people that went up there and you know didn't really come across that well. But at least they went up there. But you know to have your attorneys go up there, it's that's bad. That's well, unless they were part of the lawsuit and they felt they need they can't speak anymore and they I don't know I don't understand the whole attorney thing except for Peter. And Todd's attorney going up there. Yeah. And he did a great job. He basically, he basically said, we ain't changing <laughs> nothing. Um, with all due respect, we're, we're not going to consider any additional changes. We've accepted, I think you, you correctly noted, 12. There may actually be 13. There were eight in the staff report. There were five additional in the agenda. Um, we agree to those conditions. But um, at this point, um, we're not going to consider or agree um, to additional changes to the design of the structures. Thank you. 
I loved it when Melanie said, you know, I'm all for this, but, you know, I'd like to see this, 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 and this change. Yeah. And, you know, Mr. O'Donnell, can you confirm this or whatever? I know. No, not, <laughs> it. not, not zero. <laughs> and then her response was kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, what? You try to squeeze something in that, you know, you try. Yeah, I'm gonna give her credit for asking, but her, her she's slick. She's slick. She's, you know, I I totally agree with all this stuff, but you know what? I'm you know, I'm gonna agree with this, but can we do this? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Kudos to her for trying to zing that in there, but um, yeah. Well, she's there's something going on there. That you don't do a 180 like that. And then uh <laughs> well, you do the 180 like that because it's called a lawsuit. And do you want to keep it, you know, <laughs> stay out want, of it? Do you want to risk? Well, the whole thing is, is, and I don't know, I didn't, I didn't stay <laughs> tuned with this, but what I've heard about this thing is if it, if the city council voted in favor of, and it's very complicated, in favor of the HPC's decision, um, that would then go back to the court. And my understanding was that the judge was willing to go back. I, I, I shouldn't say willing. My understanding was that it would go back and they, they would revert back to the original three-story building with no house because technically the three-story one, the original one, yeah, met all the 17 standards and met everything and was approved. And I guess my understanding is that then – a transition of boards and commissions brought it back to a deny. So very tricky thing that was going on. And, you know, it's one of those things, I guess you go, okay, so if this is really the case, if I stand in for it, then something worse is going there that, you know, so I don't know. I just think, again, I don't, if you're talking about running for mayor, I don't know. I don't think she is. Okay. I think Prue's going to run, but. All right. I think, uh, what do you call it, a Trojan horse? We'll see. Could be. Prue and uh, Melanie, come on on. Come on the show. Come on. But they're, okay. uh, that's that's coming up. Have a seat right on the sofa. Yeah. <laughs> Meet us at the lantern. <laughs> the virtual lantern. Oh, man. And then Era. Whoo. Or is it Ara? Ara? I thought. No, it's Era. Damn it. It's Era. You got it right. I. We should have a drinking game. And Era should come on the show. Come on, Era. Come on, Era. Give us that eye roll. He's got the best eye roll in the business. We should have done a drinking game on the eye rolls. What are you looking at, Ray? <laughs> well, the funniest thing is when when they play that back, or if he plays it back, he'll probably be mortified when he sees is the, the facial expressions when Bushman was, uh, you know, rambling through his word salad. I love that word salad. That's that's one that of my pretty good. Uh, I mean, it was, I mean, it was... I, I love the point when he goes, "I'm not going to try to put this in legalese," and then he starts. <laughs> rattling off all this legalese <laughs> <laughs> and then the poor people that went up there but i liked how george said hey man you know they were getting at him uh you know like hey you don't live here 
Well, actually, Jed does. <laughs> but see, it doesn't matter where you live. Yeah, yeah. But it <laughs> I mean, it's their job. This is what they're there to do, whether you live there or not. It's their job to look out for what's best for the city. I mean, it, yeah, and the, the, the aldermen, no. I mean, you don't make a decision based where an alderman lives because you're representing – and number one, aldermen are in – or represent, I should say, our specific wards, two aldermen per ward. But they're not they're not really representing or should be representing the specific ward. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're that's not what you're an alderman for. Yes, you're supposed to look out for your ward, and the ward people can call you as your alderman, but you're looking at a global, the city in general, what best fits the city now and moving forward so it's just kind of funny that uh you know it's not a specific ward related issue and where you live and then ray was trying to bring the library into it and what? well that's because the original um the funny thing was like you know there's no residential yeah they knocked down two or three resident houses to build you know all this stuff but you know it, it Originally, the the um, library was getting um, when that um, office center was taken down. There, there was some green space that was supposed to be, yeah, you know, added and this and that, and I guess a couple of parking spots and all that. And I don't, the library should not be involved in this. Sorry, they got their own issues. I agree with. They need to. We need to figure out. You know what well, the library can do but if it's a parking issue over you have a huge parking city parking lot across the street from the library why did the library buy the spot you know it, the and here's the other thing yeah growing up those additional parking spots weren't the libraries those were the so you always had to shoehorn cars into that little tiny parking lot but again i mean it's I don't know why the library, um, you know, whatever goes there doesn't impact the library. No way, shape, or form. Yeah. I don't know, you know. Hey, fix that saran wrap on top. <laughs> Worry about that. But <laughs> those, yes, that's, a, that's another issue that's got to get, you know, the city got to figure something out. I mean, that's a okay. historic, that, that to me, is more important yeah. than the lot. You know, yeah. everyone wants to throw energy into, you know, a house, two houses and a condo that are going in a vacant lot that's yeah. disgusting vacant. <laughs> you know, when I talk about property values, yeah. tell me your property value is not going down with a uh, vacant lot unmaintained in the city, in the middle of town. I, come on, seriously. But the library, you're right. I mean, that's a, that's a bigger animal because that structure and this is a, a, a pure example of historic preservation and you know it, it costs a lot of dough to preserve this historic building that saran wrap ain't cheap i mean and that's kind of the issue that you know that i don't think people are really kind of you know when they're screaming about preserving history you got a bigger building right there that needs to be preserved and no one wants to step up and 
start asking about that, you know, funding and all this stuff. So, and it's not the city, you know, it's not you and me. Yeah. And it could be if there's a referendum or something, but you know, <laughs> well, that's what they have a library board or, you know, foundation and all that to you know, collect money and donations and all that. And maybe that's the next push is to figure out a way and how, and my limited knowledge of that is the reason why that saran wraps there is because they can't find a cost effective way to repair it without redoing the entire thing, which would be, that's not just a repairable thing. Like, oh yeah, we got a dome here. Let's build this thing. Yeah. That's a historic. Bring the big hair dryer over. <laughs> so it can be done, but mega dollars. Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, but I I didn't understand the library thing. Okay. And then uh, Rushlack did a good job. He talked about when he was on the HPC and he talked, you know, uh, precedent and all that. It's Preshlack's like E.F. Hutton. He is. They're like. He, he, he's very articulate and he knows when to say stuff and when he says stuff. Um, yeah, you always want to start with thank you. So thank you everybody for your comments tonight and all the neighbors and, and the developers and all the boards and commission that work so hard uh, to keep our, our town special. And this has, um, has been a long process. And I think the, you know, it's a suboptimal decision that we have to make here, but we have to think about what's in the best long-term interest of the community. And so when I take a step back, having served on the HPC, I, I, I don't fear the precedent because I know the good work that the, that the people on the HPC and our boards and commissions do. Uh, I, was, I was part of it for a number of years and, and there's been so many others. Um, I'd also like to thank our city attorney who's really given us expert advice every step of the way here. And I have to say, uh, with all due respect to Alderman Bushman, they disagree with you. They disagree with your interpretation. We've had conversations about this as a group in executive session. Uh, we are facing a situation, as the mayor articulated, where we run the risk of a larger building adjacent to Westminster, a large condo building that will not achieve the same elements of transition that this new improved project has. And I don't think we can lose sight of that. The last time this went to us and was at the HPC, 99% of the conversations were about the transition concerns into the historic district and the fact that we need a single family home. And we have one. We have one here in our grasp. And if we settle and uh, accept the appeal and approve the plan commission, we can avoid a decision that will be much more detrimental to our neighborhood. I grew up in Westminster. I care about this town. I care about the neighbors that are fighting for this. Um, I consider them friends still. And it's, it's, it's a situation where as an alderman, you're doing the best you can on an incremental basis and you're taking advice from people that specialize in municipal law. You're reading all the information and you're trying to do what's in the best interest of the community. And I agree with the mayor and Alderman Morris um, that the best thing for all of Lake Forest is, is to move forward and to settle 
approve the appeal and the plan commission's recommendations. Ain't anyone that can argue. And that's part of the reason why when you are wanting to be an alderman, it really pays off Yeah. to be an alderman that has sat on specific boards and commissions because when he says, you know, he didn't say shame on the HPC, but, you know, the stuff that was pulled there, yeah, you know what? I was on the HPC and I know how that works. And, you know, I was on this board, there, you know, this board or this commission. Jim should go take a look at this HPC now. Whatever. Just saying. Um, <laughs> those are some mean. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I can see why people get pissed and want to sue. I go up there and I well, want to do. Go ahead. I'm just saying, I want to fix something and I got to go in front of that, those people. I'm like, oh, no, I'll never go in front of those people again. I'm just going to walk Egan. Right. Take my chances it's, with the judge. It's interesting when if you watch the council meetings. Yeah. Um, sometimes some, a lot of times when the public is speaking, there's respect and decorum. Yeah. Even if a council member doesn't agree you know they use their political Word salad. Know, expertise to <laughs> cut your throat with the butter knife so to speak yeah but um if We're you go if you go and look at the hpc last meeting and then watch the city council meeting like kind of you know do it as as kind of uh like disney does with the um Avenger series, yeah. you know, you got to watch them all in order to kind of yeah. get, you would look at that and see the people, how, like you said, how angry they are in the HPC and how they talk to the petitioners. Commissioner Dallier. Yes. Hello. Um, as I was hearing a lot of uh, concerns about the parking and the fact that this is one complex of four buildings, I had a recollection of visiting Washington University in St. Louis where they've actually devised an underground parking garage with one entrance where people pop up in all the buildings. So if there were such a thing you could construct, um, you wouldn't have to have extra ramps. You could just have that one ramp, and everyone could get to their building from it. But maybe it's a little late for that? Just a thought as you're planning? Um. I'm not exactly sure I understand. Um, because this is one complex. No, I understand your question. Yeah. You're saying basically use an elevator to, um, basically it's an elevator that you come down with the cars? And up and no, there would be one ramp, and then you could, it would be a bigger underground area in which you could access all the buildings underground so that you would alleviate all these separate entrances to and from parking. No, that's an impossibility at this point, yes. Okay. Well, just was thinking that would be nice. Um, okay, I'll, I'll leave the questions to the condo first. Um, just a few clarifications. One is, one thing about the condominium I noticed, and I apologize to all the neighbors because I've circled the neighborhood so many times in my car. I am now <laughs> probably have the image of a stalker, and I've also been walking with my two dogs who've gotten loose a few times. But um, anyways, uh, you can see the building also from Washington Street in between the homes. You will see that. So there's more than just, you know, two 
separate access views. So the long building will be visible from that as well. Um, and a couple clarifications in your drawings. Um, there on the east elevation, the north side, there's a metal columns and a balcony. Are those windows opening up to a balcony or are those supposed to be French doors? Um, I believe they're supposed to be French doors. That's okay, because yeah. in the drawing yeah, there are I, windows. I noticed that too. Okay, yeah. just was hoping people didn't have to crawl out. Um, okay, and the other question is, what are the metal projections from the staircase structures up on the rooftop deck? Um, they'll be um, trellises like on the other two buildings. Okay, so trellises like... Shade trellises. How big are they going to be? Um, they're basically the same size as on the other buildings. So they're shown on the roof plan. Okay. In, in outline. It's just... Okay, oh, so I see these, these trellises. Okay. Yep. Oh, I, I see. I don't know where you... I see the picture that you have there, yeah. I just have a picture from someone helping me I, uh, see what it is. Okay, I was just curious what those were. Okay, um, next question. I see stone coping on uh, almost the entire length of the west elevation, but not on the east elevation, only in parts. Yeah. Is well, that to be included or not? No, that, the idea there was um, we discussed this at the last um, HPC meeting was not to have the stone coping on the east side so that we didn't have this white line uh, along the top so that we had minimal impact uh, from the contrasting colors. So on the east elevation, we've tried to minimize the amount of stone on that, and that was that intent. Okay, I was not part of that meeting, so I do not know all of that was discussed before. Um, okay, and uh, both the staff report and you commented that there will be slight differences in um, refinements and or ornamentation found in this building versus the other two buildings, and what changes are those exactly, besides obviously the coping being one of them? Um, if you look at the heads of the, oh, we have limestone heads on the uh, east elevation too. Um, or on the other elevations. On the east elevations, we have a soldier course along the head so that we've eliminated some of the uh, detailing on the, the limestone on that east elevation. Again, that was, um, you can see the contrast here that, let's see here. This is, uh, so that's the west elevation with the limestone coping, and then we have a brick detail on the um, north and east elevation as opposed to uh, the others, and that that was a limitation of that. Um, so I think that's the main um, changes in terms of those those details. Okay. Um. The, the other um, comments I have also reflect the comments the previous commissioners have made about the roof shapes. Um, the standard eight being roof shapes and 14 compatibility. You reference a variety of roof and home styles in your submission packet for the drawing of the house. And one thing is clear is there is a variety of architectural styles that comprise the 
historic district. Every home is unique and no two are the same. Yet we have a situation where the condo building proposed is almost a third replica minus the coping and nearly identical to the first two buildings designed as a warehouse with flat roofs. And you also reference there are many flat roofs there, including the library ring flat roof. So there is really a cluster of flat roofs in this area with the addition of building three. So I guess as we comment that this is now in the historic district and we are looking for uniqueness, which is what makes it so special there, I think some of the commissioners had also asked about possibly changing the roof to reflect a slight difference to make this building have its own personality and be unique. But you don't have to answer that because you already have, I think, unless you want to. Well, I, I'm just not clear on the um, standard that you're referencing um, for that. The roof, the roof shapes. Roof shapes. Yeah, because we already so have. So they're compatible, so visually compatible. So by them being the same, does that not make them compatible? Compatibility in the historic district requires things to not be all the same. It requires them, in my interpretation, to be different, to have a unique but yet blended identity. That's what makes it, that's what you fit in. If we design the same home over and over in the historic district, it would be different. If a new builder came in and designed every home to be exactly the same, then we would have a subdivision and not a historic district. So that was my comment okay. on compatibility. I understand. Um, okay. So my only concept thought was if there was any way that we could consider or you could consider changing some of these elements just to give this building three a little bit more personality of its own. Um, because even when you look on East Laurel, and there are three brick buildings, and I don't think any are in themselves you know, standards of architecture by any means, but because they're all different, it's not as, um, you know, solid. It it's, gives you a little more variety. It gives you, you don't take them all in as one. So you just walk along and you don't notice any such one because there are different ones. That's just my point. So, so you're saying uh, the McKinley or the uh, Kelmscott development? Not the Kelmscott, the ones across the street, sorry. Oh, okay. The Kelmscott, yes, you're absolutely right. That's entirely the same. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure I yeah, understood yeah. No, what you're um, talking about. No, the ones about. on East. Cause yeah, you know, I, if you actually bring up a, 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 another point that I hadn't made, um, that we do have entrances off the street uh, in the in the second building, too. So if you look at the west elevation, there's, you know, so you have these sort of different sets of entrances, which is a subtle difference between the, the other buildings. So you have some entrances that go directly into the units from there which is a subtle difference between the other two buildings, too. Okay. Um, right. I, the other is the front facade, because if I asked, for instance, my kids to pick me up in the building, I don't know if they'd know where the front is, because it's not entirely clear in this building. So... And also, just another question, and this probably isn't our purvey, but is that street wide enough for, for if a car were waiting to pick somebody up for another car to go by, or is it going to block all the traffic coming out? But that's not our problem, but just a thought. It, it, it is wide enough to have two cars go by, okay. yeah. And, and there are front doors with the addresses on each of the entrances, so I think that the, 
they'll understand where the doors are for those. Okay, regarding the house now, we'll move on. Um, first of all, I think it's great that there's a single family house, so I think that's fabulous that you're adding that. So thank you very much for, for doing all the work and for looking into all the different um, neighborhood styles of the roof shapes and, and everything. That was, that was really a great effort. Um, but just a couple of thoughts on, I think Commissioner Pettit focused on the width of the house that you have proposed. It is wide, and uh, it also uses horizontal wood siding, which kind of makes it look a little bit wider. Um, and as we're trying to fit it into the context, being next to these or in front of these brick buildings, and I know adjacent to it is a wood, and probably next to it is a wood building, would you consider making the north gable a brick structure um, I, to kind of break up some of the long, you know, the horizontal width and also incorporate some brick into that building to kind of help it buffer between the bricks and the woods? I, I, I think it makes sense to have it more historically correct, which would be like the other buildings that are collaborative that era, which has all four sides uh, collaborated. Um, so I, I think it makes more sense to have it all collaborative as opposed to having a piece of brick on one piece of it. And it, I would think that it fits better into the historic fabric by being all, collab or all collaborative on <coughs> all the sides. Well, I, I think there is a historic precedent for that, as you said, but there's also historic pre precedents for brick as well. But that's just a question. Um, and also, the other question I had was, um, and, and I don't know, it, it, when I look at the um, proportion of the front facade and the solid to void, the roof over the garage is a lot of roof. Um, would you consider making that a second story, kind of building it up a little bit with adding a window or something to make it a little bit less looking at roof? I just want to pull it up just so I know what we're talking yep. about. Right. Um, you know, I, I think that when you look at the west elevation, you see the, um, let me just make it a little bigger here. I think the scale and proportion of the garage as, a, as, a, as it steps down make, makes a lot of sense. Um, you, you have a, a, a scale of the roof. I, you know, I, I would think it would actually make the whole thing much larger and seem much wider if we raised that, the garage portion up um, to that. So then I think, you know, to me it would seem like it is a wider house than if we'd raise the roof of the garage up um, for that. Is that what you're proposing? Well, yes, for a, a few reasons. One was to break up just that whole looking at a roof. And two is behind it looking at the brick building that's behind it. So if you made the house a little bit taller, you would also hide some of that. The third was from a perspective of living in that home. I think I would prefer to live out over the beautiful streetscape and my lovely neighbors across the street than looking back, having windows in the back and looking at my neighbors' condos. Um, so that's why I was proposing that. And I know it's increasing, it's increasing the square footage, but 
just from a standpoint. Those are my thoughts and questions for that part. The other question I had was about the chimney and its placement. Because of the two styles of roofs and where the chimney is located, it just kind of pops out from nowhere, and it's also white. So would you consider, one, changing the color of that chimney, and two, pushing the chimney to one of the sides of the house to fit in more with all the other? Um, one is, is that you know, the perspective of that will make the chimney lower. Um, the chimney is located over a place where we want to have a fireplace, so uh, it makes it difficult to have a chimney on the end of the house based on the floor plan that we have. Um, it, you know, changing the color of of it from brick to to or from white to gray, I think you know that would be something that would we thought it made sense to uh, make it like the trim and, and make it like a basically look like a masonry fireplace. So um, that was the uh, original intent for for having it white as opposed to having it gray like the clabbered. So we distinguish between the, the different materials. Well, as it is, it's not particularly symmetrical and <laughs> You know, the design of the house is not symmetrical. So, you know, it's not like a Georgian house where you have the, the fireplaces on the, the ends. So um, I'm not sure that that, you know, is a strong element for that. Okay, so you would not consider moving the chimney nor changing the color, just to be clear. I, I think I think we would, you know, I mean, changing the color, uh, whoever buys a house can paint the colors, whatever they want. Um, so, you know, I think we want to make sure that the, the material is what it is and, and the paint is, is what it is. So uh, the color could be flexible with, um, with, with the design. Carry on, Elizabeth. Thank you. Oh, okay. No, thank you. Thank you for asking that. I have had to raise a chimney for that reason, so I know they have to be taller. Um, the landscaping plan, it, it does look like it's in its early stages. In general, I would comment that there's, you know, that's under a purview landscaping, I believe, um, that we do need more screening. Um, for instance, you put in, our, or not you, but the Mariani, whatever, green velvet boxwood, which is supposed to be adjacent to this house. Um, however, that is not a salt-tolerant plant, and it's going to be right next to the roadway. So given a day like today, I mean, it's, it's not a particularly sturdy plant, but it would probably do suit it better to have some more evergreens and sturdy plants to help shield things. Um, that's what we have on the other um, two buildings have the uh, boxwood along the edge and we have a protection against that for the salt we've actually done pretty well oh, um well. for that i you know i think it's if you walk down the street and you see that i think that's what really one of the enduring qualities of the space um we've looked at that and, and have sort of have uh, studied that piece pretty pretty heavily in detail Okay. Well, I, I ran up on my boxwoods. I've had bad. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of problems with boxwood. That, yes. Trust me. <laughs> I know all about but that. But that was one that was mentioned was not salt tolerant. So maybe you got, you got a good batch. Well done. Okay. So that's more screening. And I do appreciate our parts to incorporate the single family home into your plan. Thank you. No more questions. Can I put an and example then, of that up? And then you look at the other and it's like, wow. I mean, we're not supposed to be mean and angry on these boards and commissions and 
you know, demeaning or talking down yeah, to yeah. petitioners. I mean, where where do we get off course on that? Oh, I know the answer. <laughs> We're not picking the right people at the caucus level. Of which one of the people that went up was on the caucus and quit. <laughs> Who's that? Susan uh, Sailor Daly. She went up there. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that one. I'm like, wait a minute. Because she was the war chair when I split. I'm like, I'm done. So I guess she's done. Too. <laughs> but she goes up there. I'm like, what is the caucus doing up there? She, she's no longer on the caucus. Okay. Which which is a good example why she could go up there now as a citizen as opposed to going up as a caucus member or board of commission. You don't do yeah. that. Bad form. So it's not the HPC. It's the HP Foundation. What did you call it? Preservation Foundation, Lake Preservation. Preservation Foundation. I think they can all take a hop in the lake. Whatever. I'm I'm Mr. <laughs> Four-Year Guy. <laughs> they do good things. Um, what? They're, they're very passionate. Um, uh, oh, here's the other thing that uh, I wanted to point out, because I think Mr. Uh, um, Bushman said this, that... Uh, it might have been, it might have been someone else that, you know, the HBC are experts in preservation and architecture and all that. No, they're not. Sure they are. <laughs> Ray, uh-uh. They're volunteers just like you and I. And if, if they are, they shouldn't be on there because that's called a conflict of interest. And I know a couple of them on there that aren't experts. Yeah in the historic preservation. So let's get off that, you know, or communication holier skills, holier than thou. It's, it's, that's not the case. And that's not the case of our boards and commissions. That's yeah. a bad, bad um, message being sent that, you know, people are experts. They're not experts. That's why they're on there. They're volunteers. <laughs> and we yeah. see all different kinds of volunteers, not experts in their field. Anybody likes to say they're an expert, run away because it's a continuous learning process. Right. <laughs> wow. That's the whole caucus process. We're trying to get volunteers in the community that want to help the community maintain what it is and grow to be better. That's why we vet and ask for volunteers. You don't have to be an architect. <laughs> hey, 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 Scoop. Are you going to be asking me not to ask further questions? <laughs> George said, hey, man, can you, you've been talking for 20 minutes. I, that was awesome. He told Ray, hey, you've been talking for 20 minutes. You know, can, can somebody else speak? And then Ray says, are you telling me I can't ask any more questions? No, no let's... I didn't see that one. Oh, yeah. Can we have some other questions perhaps from some other aldermen if there are interested in doing so? Are you going to be asking me not to ask any further questions? No, just, I think we want to give. Okay, I'll, I'll take a break. Ask a question. You've been going for fifteen or twenty minutes now. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll put it right here. <laughs> I like the. I like it when they said they need a break. And it was like when you're watching it and you see just they get out of their chairs and it was just this, and Ray was just left sitting there. Oh yeah. Well. You've... <laughs> I don't know what the washrooms are like in that old building, but I'm sure there's a fight for it. They're nice. Oh, are they? They're redone, yeah. Oh, 
take it back. Wow. Never mind. So, Scoo, there you go. Block the Box, 361 Westminster Project, LL. Minster. Minster. Um, well, I can't wait to, to see that start activity going. Uh, yeah. You know, walk by there. And uh, anything's better than a dumpster and gravel. and. It's, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we laugh and kid. Because yeah. that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Um, it's called entertainment. But um, at the end of at the end of the day, I'm so glad this is over. Because it's just it's not good for the community. It's not good, you know, personally, not me, but other people. I mean, it's like no one's trying to make life difficult for people. And, you know, these guys that um, are building this and the architect, walk around and see what they've what else they've done in this community. Spectacular. Yeah. And they're not going to be doing something that's going to hurt the community in any way, shape or form or the neighbors. And it's sad that, you know, people have to get so volatile. And, you know, that's the good thing that it's that it's over. And, you know, and I'm, I'm going to stay by this. I'm going to be like, that thing's going to go up, Pete, that condo and the house. Beautiful. Beautiful. Before <laughs> after. Take a picture <laughs> now. Oh, and you know what? I'm selling my house because I only lived here for four years. And I'm selling my house and I'm getting more <laughs> for well, not, it. Well, not the laptop guy. Who? <laughs> Reed, you're the laptop guy. You. Who's that? Reed. Oh, he's the house in the back. <laughs> he keeps showing his laptop. I, I know you can't he, come on, Reed, but uh, you are the laptop guy. He's kind of funny. I, mean, I, 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 I see his stance on it because he's right there. But he he was talking about he's lost all these trees. Well, first off, they, they weren't your trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what he was saying. That his fence was knocked down. But that might be the old property's fence. <laughs> I, and he said his value went down 250 grand. Everybody's real estate went down. <laughs> so, and then, and then the last thing about that uh, session before they did the block the box Westminster, what the hell is that tree that they're talking about? There's some tree that's taking up 50% of Lake Forest that's bad. Quackenbush, Thornbush, Thorn. Has it hit your radar? Okay. Where's this at? It was at the beginning. Uh, they're they're talking about uh, getting volunteers to cut down these trees that are like tree weeds or something. I don't know. The buckthorn. Buckthorn. That's it. What did I? Uh, it's a. <laughs> what the hell is buckthorn? Buckthorn is a species of weed that just grows and it's just it's nasty it's um and it and it's it's really prevalent in i think in this town a lot because of it's a forest and yeah but it's it's invasive as they say and it grows and it multiplies and a lot of times you see these um houses that have you know all this wooded area and all that and you know you can't see the neighbor yeah. because it's you know so wooded well 90 percent of it is buckthorn 
which you can okay. get rid of. So some people that move in, they're like, screw this. I don't like this shitty buck thorn. Yeah. And start whacking out and all of a sudden the neighbors go, what the hell? So, I mean, it's, it's. Well, they said it's uh, over 50% of Lake Forest and they're oh, volunteers to it's horrible. cut it down. And they said I had, the I had a buddy in um, West Lake Forest, his beautiful house. And, and, and again, a lot of, a lot of times it's because these newer houses are built on vacant wooded lots and all that. Yeah. So he, it was a um, little off road kind of dead end of newer houses that were built, whatever. And um, he decided he wanted to have a pool in his backyard. And he had like 100 yards, maybe 50 yeah. yards of just, there's a couple nice trees and just buckthorn. And you couldn't see the house behind him because of all the buckthorn. Well, he decided enough of it because it starts growing more and more. Yeah. And he's like, I'm taking it all out. <laughs> and I I don't know the whole logistic, but his neighbor then complained to the city because now you can see the house and, you know, he had gone to the neighbor and said, I'm going to put a pool in. And this guy went crazy because it's like all of a sudden I'm going to see your backyard and your pool. And it's like, yeah, but this is weeds. You can you don't need like approval, at least my understanding from the arborist to take down buckthorn. It's a weed, <laughs> but that thing grow. Oh yeah, it's it's um, okay. And I'm telling you, you, you could walk around our area of town, yeah. and look and go. God, that's that's a lot of that's a nice wooded area there. Eighty percent of it is, you can start taking it out. <laughs> and but people are accustomed to having. I, I have this nice cover from the neighbors because yeah, it's yeah. all wooded, but it's all, you know. But yeah, I would say that's probably right. 50% or more is buckthorn in this town. And it's just, and you got to get, I don't think, I don't think you can just cut it down. I mean, you can, but I think it, yeah, you get have the to roots and extract it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know if it's as bad as bamboo. I just, I never knew that was such an invasive, uh, you put bamboo in or whatever that type of bamboo is. And, uh, that just takes over, so I I, I get it. So well, that, that's that's like uh, the city a few years ago went to this whole we want to have native plants, you know, kind of go back to nature because Lake Forest is a you know historic and where we can, you know, let's go back to some native plantings and all that stuff. Well, <laughs> they kind of backed down on that years later because native plants, yeah, usually are pervade where they. Yeah, yeah, grow and overtake all the nice stuff, and it's like that's why you know they're out in nature and where no one else is because they overtake everything. Yeah, like oh, maybe we it looks kind of cool, but <laughs> now it's overtaking everything. <laughs> all right, buckthorn. <laughs> yeah. Well, and buckthorn's hard to get rid of, so a lot of people just let it grow, and it, it's like a tree almost if you let it grow too much. I, I. I just thought they were trees. I didn't know. Well, exactly. That's a, well, why are you taking down? It's it's a buckthorn. <laughs> Take it down. <laughs> yeah. So that's not part of the. Uh, I think that was the problem with Mister T, because you reference Mister T a lot. Yeah. No, seriously, I think he was 
Um, now he went over the edge, but I think he initially started. He was just removing just the unbelievable amount of buckthorn. No kidding. Oh yeah, and I think it was. <laughs> it's one of those things. You got the chainsaw, and you're just and then you're like, "It's good workout." I want this one too. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I want to say, I think I remember the original. What he was doing was removing buckthorn initially. No. <laughs> and oh no, and it was so but that, buckthorn. But, that, but that's the thing with buckthorn when it grows, it, it's a tree almost. It looks like a tree, and then when if you start removing it. I, I I might be wrong, but I I do remember that was because that was a that property had a ton of buckthorn on it. So basically, this is a full circle thing. Buckthorn created the HPC. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, if you didn't have buckthorn, Mister T wouldn't be cutting that crap down. Then HPC wouldn't have come around. See, I don't know if that was the reason why the HPC was started but uh for mr t it was yeah, well whatever well he was he was also redoing his house too which is a historic <laughs> yeah <laughs> looks nice now <laughs> once again <laughs> people we screamed in bloody murder when he was doing it but now once he sold the property it looks nice now <laughs> i don't think he can afford it now <laughs> no scoo another fine po podcast in our minds Beth, pour one out. God, still. Well, once we get more, more info, we'll we'll pass it along. Hang in there, Tiffany family. Hang in there, Neville family. Martin family. Martin I'm... family. Yep. All right, Scoo. Lake Forest podcast is supported by viewers and listeners just like you. Shark Guide Beach Fishing is a premier South Florida beach fishing experience out of Longboat Key, Florida. Their world-renowned captains not only put you on the fish, but to help you and your family make a memory of a lifetime. Check them out on Facebook or at SharkGuyBeachFishing.com to schedule an outing. Shark Guy is your guy for your next charter. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Reverend Luke Back from the Church of the Holy Spirit. Matt A, Elizabeth C, Costa Lance, Otto, RDM, Johnny C. And we'd like to thank the Breakfast Club of Lake Forest, Captain Mike's in Kenosha, Wisconsin, the Brat Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin as well, the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan, Illinois, and then the Greentown Tavern in Waukegan. I, I, I don't know what to say because I'm, I can't even believe we're here celebrating the life of Beth Tiffany Neville. She is amazing, an amazing friend, an amazing wife, an amazing sister-in-law. Human. Human. Yeah. I think we've all had like experiences and like our life with her has always been amazing and we just wanted to thank you all for being here. She, God bless. God bless.